like a monkey ready to be shot into space. Space monkey, ready to sacrifice himself for the greater good. Why, hello everybody. This is the monkey, and welcome to A Moment with the Monkey, presented by Modcast. Uh, yeah, so it's been a while since I've podcasted solo. Um, but hey, I had some free time today, and I think I'm like the one person in the world who actually found a good deal during Amazon Prime Day, and I've got a new microphone, so uh, I'm hoping to test it out and actually get something with some uh, decent sound quality going, uh, which I thought would be nice. Anyway, um, <laughs> we'll see if it proves true. Uh, if not, I can send my money, or send my microphone back, get my money back, and be disappointed in Prime Day like everyone else. So what I wanted to talk about today, uh, it's trade season. I'm so excited. It's baseball Christmas, almost. Um, and like Christmas, <laughs> it looks like we're going to have to wait till the actual day before we get to open any presents, because uh, ain't nobody trading nothing right now. Um, all the uh, rumor monger reporters are politely calling it a seller's market, uh, which is a long way... Or which is a, a convoluted way, I should say, of uh, saying that nobody's doing anything. Everybody's sitting on their hands because half the league is 500 or hovering around 500. Uh, so there's a ton of teams who don't know if they want to sell, a ton of teams that don't know if they want to buy, and it's making things very boring. Um, but we're trying to make it not boring over at Monkey with a Halo. Uh, We've been running our little Angels trade wish list where each of the writers is just proposing the deal that they would like to see. Uh, whether or not it's a rumored trade or not, uh, just the one that they want to see the Angels make. And in putting this little exercise together, I realize even fans are losing the ability to dream big. I mean... <laughs> Thus far in our Angels trade wish list, um, I think we've had a middle reliever, K-Rod, as one of the proposals. Uh, we did have somebody uh, make a run at Johnny Cueto, which, uh, you know, okay, fine, good. Brownie points. Way to go. Uh, that That's a legit star. It's a rental, but it's a le legit ace. You know, Cueto is a Cy Young caliber uh, pitcher. He's in the conversation, so I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Um... But then, uh, on Friday, one of our writers actually said, no, no trades. No trades at all. Um, which blows my mind. Like, this is us talking about the one thing we'd like to see them do. Uh, you know, within the realm of reality, you know, nobody's going to, you know, say trade for Bryce Harper. I mean, obviously you'd like that, but that doesn't mean, you know, it's possible. But none of us are dreaming big. I, I think on Monday, or sometime next week, uh, one of the other writers, they're quote-unquote dream trade is for a backup catcher. Yeah. Because that's what this team is missing, is a backup catcher. What's happening out there in the trade world? You know, wh why nobody is sitting here clamoring for Justin Upton? I mean, he might actually legitimately be available. Now, you know, I as I've written several times before, there's no way the Angels are getting Justin Upton. They quite simply don't have the uh, goods to make that happen. 
Even if they include Sean Newcomb, I still don't think that they have the goods to make that happen. But if we're going to talk hypotheticals and talk about dream scenarios, I mean, for goodness sake, people, you know, <laughs> reach for the stars a little bit. Um, and it just, it really makes me think that that's the trade environment we all now live in, where, nope, yeah, nothing. I mean, I'm guilty as well. Uh, I'm sure this will come as no surprise if you've been reading uh, any of my work lately, but my dream trade is like Charlie Blackman. Uh, well, and John Axford along with, so I'm at least going for the uh, poo-poo platter of uninspiring trade deals. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, it just messes with my head that nobody's even dreaming big anymore. Which really makes me think that there's no way that even the executives are dreaming big anymore. You know, we've been, or I've been updating the uh, trade deadline rumor tracker, and it's boring as hell, too. Last trade deadline, I feel like I was updating it every day or two for the entire month of July, and now it's it's nothing. You know, there's nary a mention of the Andre Ethier deal anymore. Uh, perhaps a good thing, we haven't heard any more about Carlos Gonzalez. Uh, you know, it, it's even been a while since there's been a Gerardo Parra update. Ben Revere has fallen off the radar. Now it's all about Josh Reddick <laughs> and how the A's don't want to trade him. Where's the excitement there? Josh Reddick. Yahoo! A platoon right fielder who's been wildly inconsistent throughout his career. How am I supposed to get fired up for that? There's gotta be more out there. I mean... I mean you know, Carlos Gomez. They're going to put Carlos Gomez on the trade market. So let, let's just go crazy. I am going to, on the behalf of everyone else, go crazy. Carlos Gomez, MVP caliber player. A guy who could slot in at the top of the order in front of Mike Trout. Granted, the defense is an issue, so I understand why nobody's saying anything. Because, uh, you know, Carlos Gomez, a lot of his value comes from him being an elite center fielder. Moving him to left field doesn't make sense, but... Nobody's even suggesting it. I, I, I'm not even seeing, like, people on Twitter saying, hey, man, yeah, let's go get him. Nobody's talking about trying to pry Brian, uh, Ryan Braun loose from the Brewers, understandably. There's even tepid enthusiasm for Jay Bruce, and Jay Bruce is actually starting to play well again. You know, I, I was worried about him earlier in the season when that was uh, at least a hypothetical. And now that he's playing decently again... It's crickets. You know, some of the big rumor mongers have put two and two together and said that Jay Bruce is a guy that the Angels should want. Um, but nothing. Nothing so far. Um, so that tells me one of two things, is that either we've all stopped dreaming big, both the fans, the media, and heck, even the Angels. But that part I'm not so sure about. Um... Before DePoto left, he was real, real big on not having any leaks in the front office his first year or two. Um, in fact, I uh, recall that there was at one point a, a, a you know, there, there, maybe it wasn't DePoto. No, I actually don't think it was. I think it was before DePoto. The Casimir trade, that's what it was. I couldn't remember which trade it was. The Casimir trade nearly got scuttled. <laughs> oh, if only. 
because it leaked. One of the sides, either the Rays or the Angels, and the Angels were pretty tight-lipped at the time, uh, nearly canceled the trade because it got leaked before it was finalized, so they wanted to pull the plug. But throughout most of DePoto's regime, except you know early on, back before everything got messy, they had more leaks than the Titanic. It was insane. Every single rumor got out there. There was... Other than the random trades for guys like Ernesto Frieri, who no one ever heard of at the time, there was seldom a move that the Angels would pursue that it wouldn't get out into the media. This year was even worse, which makes me, you know, I think lends a lot of credence to just how dysfunctional things were uh, in that front office, that somebody was just feeding all these rumors to the press somewhere. Uh, I mean, we basically knew exactly what they offered for Ben Revere before... Uh, you know, DePoto left. I mean, maybe not. Yeah, they, yeah, they had offered like Nate Smith or Tyler Deloach, and the Phillies, because Ruben Amaro is an ass clown, was asking for Heaney or Newcomb, which is insane. Um, but the point is, like, we're getting like detail level offers. I mean, that that never happens. Yeah, you hear teams kicking around names, but seldom ever do you hear that what each side is countering with. And that's how it was before the Angels uh, uh, and DePoto fell apart. After he left, we found out about all the details between uh, their talks with the A's, trying, you know, how they tried to get Josh Reddick and then had the A's say no, only to have uh, it also get out that the Angels tried to route the trade through the Red Sox as like an end around. That is one leaky front office. So I'm wondering now, if maybe we suddenly aren't hearing things because DePoto's gone. Not to say DePoto was the one uh, responsible for the leaks, but his presence may have incited somebody to leak. I'm not going to say who's Hosha, but uh, it's quite possible that somebody, the manager, um, was feeding stuff to the press, Mike Sosha. So, like I said, I don't know who. It's just a theory. Definitely Sosha. But, um... I think that definitely was the case, and now it's not. I hope, because either they, they might just be doing nothing, and it's possible that they're doing nothing because Bill Stoneman is coming in and trying to get the lay of the land. And as much as he's basically said that he's sharing trade talks with Matt Clintack and Scott Service, and to a lesser extent Hal Morris, he's got to be involved in some way, which makes me think they had to pump the brakes on some offers. Um, Otherwise, we'd be hearing what's going on. The most we've heard is basically, oh, things are expensive, so we're just waiting for the prices to come down. But whose price are they waiting on? Yeah, we know that the Phillies were asking for a ridiculous price for Ben Revere, but that was when Ruben Amaro was calling all the shots, and now Andy McPhail's on board. Uh, so, understandably, negotiations could have started over, but groundwork has been laid. It's not like the Phillies don't know what the Angels are offering. If that's amenable to McPhail, you'd think that they'd trigger that in a heartbeat. I don't like Ben Revere, but they need help, especially in left field. I mean, at a minimum, they can get a good defender out there. So maybe that's what's going on. Maybe these talks are happening. Maybe, God help us, Artie Moreno is fishing with the Rockies and trying to get them to give up Carlos Gonzalez. Maybe they are uh, looking at uh, 
Jay Bruce and the Reds. Maybe they are seeing which of the many, many brewer bats they can find to help them. But there's nobody talking about it. Which is good, that's how a front office should work. You shouldn't leak everything, but it's frustrating. Uh, it's the 18th, and nothing, nothing is happening. Uh, I actually wrote an article, probably over a month ago, um, about when the trades usually start happening each season. And it's typically like the last couple days of June, or maybe the first week or two of July. Nothing so far. We haven't even had that. There's been, you know, the typical, like, oh, this guy got designated for assignment and was traded, quote-unquote, for cash considerations. But there's not been a real, real trade uh, to go down yet. And with so many teams just not knowing what they're doing, you got to think that something small is going to happen. I mean, well, you know, that's tr not true. I did, there was the Trumbo trade earlier in the year. I, I did forget about that. But since then, it's been almost nothing. Um, <laughs> ironically, though, it was DePoto triggering a lot of those earlier trades when I did the research, those late June, early July trades. In a, most of the years, DePoto was one of the early actors. Uh, and we all know Stoneman is uh, notorious for being a stone man. <laughs> oh, funny. See what I did there? Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, Stoneman's notorious for not doing anything. I still don't think he's calling the shots. I forgot to say, do something. I want to talk trades, but I can't talk trades. We have to talk about trade talk. That's the closest we can get to talking about trades, is talking trade talk. We can perhaps at least talk about what the Angels need, but that's pretty well-trod territory. Left field, they need help in left field. I still personally think that they might want to bring in another bat as C.J. Crone insurance. Um, you know, we've all seen guys get hot for two weeks and then fall off again. You know, Matt Joyce actually had like a good month at one point and has been garbage ever since. So uh, just because C.J. Crone was good for one road trip doesn't mean that he's suddenly the answer at D.H. But I also feel like you can get away with having one hole in your lineup. You know, one spot where you're rotating through a bunch of guys to see what sticks. You know, they can, if they fill the left field hole adequately, then yeah, they can run Joyce and Crone and Navarro and Robertson and Cowgill and Grant Green even, you know, through the DH hole to see uh, what happens. Uh, what, what I suspect will probably more likely happen is they'll hand it over to Crone for the rest of the month. And if he doesn't hit over the next two weeks, they'll either hurriedly pull something at the deadline, you know, if he just completely falls on his face, or they'll have some irons in the fire for the August waiver deadline, uh, you know, to see if maybe by mid-August, if he's not consistently producing still, uh, or stops, I should say. He is hitting currently. That doesn't mean he's going to continue to hit. Uh, so if he stops hitting, I should say, over the next month, then, uh, yeah, then August you go for a low-end bat, you know, uh, some of the more 
<laughs> some of the guys who people just lost interest in. And you know what? That August deadline might actually be a pretty good time. More teams will have fallen off by then. All these teams that are bunched around 500 might have gone on a seven-game losing streak in early August and decided, yeah, we're done. You know? The Orioles, they're a game under. The Jays, they're a game under. The Rays are a game over. Any of those teams goes and drops, you know, 10 of 13, and they're toast. But if they don't do it until August 1st through 13th, then who knows? You know, the Tigers, they could collapse and fall out of it. Uh, the White Sox and Indians are still trying to talk themselves into it. The Rangers and the Mariners are still trying to talk themselves into it, which is, I'm sorry, dumb. Uh, <laughs> I'd say the Mets could fall out of it. They might, but I can't imagine have them even having a bat to spare, so it's kind of irrelevant. Um, you know, the Braves... And, oh, God, the Nick Marcakis rumor. Don't... We need to talk about that at a later date, because I can't process that right now. It actually makes my brain hurt. Uh, you know what? No, we're going to talk about it right now. I was going to run through all the other positions that they need help at, so um, I don't want to derail too far. Um, okay, we'll come back to Marquegas. We'll run through the other positions real quick. Second base. Giavatella is hitting enough. Bad defensively. I don't think he's atrocious. But he's rating poorly, and he certainly isn't good. So maybe they do go out and they find a second base upgrade. Uh, maybe they at least find a more competent backup infielder to share time with. You know, maybe somebody who hits left-handed. I don't know. Um, catcher, yeah, backup catcher would be fine. Somebody to, uh, you know, Carlos Perez, I like him. I'm sure he'll be a fine backup catcher someday. He's not hitting right now. Ionetta's coming around. I'm actually not worried about Ionetta, but uh, having a veteran backup catcher uh, certainly wouldn't hurt. Uh, everywhere else offensively, they're probably fine. Um, you know, maybe that utility infielder could help spell freeze a little bit more, especially against tough righties, you know, so go get, go get a left-handed utility infielder. There you go. That problem solved. Oh, and I think they need middle relief. Badly. Again, like in the Crone example, Trevor Gott, great, he's been good for, what, 10 innings? He's got 10 innings under his belt. Uh, that, to me, does not a awesome reliever make. Perhaps it does, perhaps it doesn't. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and add some insurance. Um, I was hoping that insurance would be Mike Morin, but he looks awful since he's come back and uh, you gotta think he's just not fully recovered from that oblique injury uh, Corey Rasmus could help but he had a setback uh, in the last month uh, he's pitching again but who knows how healthy he's really gonna be again another abdominal injury oblique and abdominal injuries is muy malo for pitchers uh, those things do not heal quickly and consistently uh, and I just don't trust Fernando Salas. That's just not a good thing. So let's get someone else, throw them in the mix. Doesn't have to be a closer. We don't need Jonathan Papelbon. God, do we not need Jonathan Papelbon for a multitude of reasons. And, uh, yeah, don't need him. Don't need him. Just get somebody who's like an established middle reliever, like a John Axford. Uh, he's a guy to go for. 
there, there's a bunch of other guys out there. They're relievers. They're commodities, essentially. Go get some more so you have more to throw against the wall. Um, you know, you can stash guys in the minors until rosters expand, and then you'll have all your guys at your disposal. There's no such thing as too much relief. Okay, so let's get back to the Marcakis thing. And the reason I want to talk about the Marcakis thing, other than you know how it's generally probably a bad idea because he's hasn't hit for power in years and is coming off a pretty substantial neck surgery, it's because it's something that we actually lost track of throughout the whole saga of DePoto and these trades, and even Hamilton to an extent, is that they moved Hamilton to clear space under the luxury tax predominantly this year. You know, most of their savings are this year. They traded Howie Kendrick for Andrew Heaney to get Andrew Heaney, but also to lower their luxury tax number. They were dying to get under the luxury tax number. Not just under it, but like 10 to 15 million under it, so they had room to maneuver. So they kind of have to use that money. Otherwise, they did all that for nothing. It's not like it carries over into next year. And that's actually kind of what scares me when you see the Marcakis rumor, because he's still owed like $30 million, I think, over the next three years. You know, that, that's a figure that slides right in to this year's luxury tax figure. Uh, it unfortunately slides into the next three years, <laughs> three years after this as well, uh, which is not what they need to be taking on. They do not need to be taking on that kind of salary for that kind of player. You know, this is actually the year that they should be looking to take on a, a rental, an expensive rental, because they can slide that number in this year. It's going to be harder next year. They're not seeing a whole lot go off the books. But next year is also a big free agency year. There's going to be a lot of bats, a lot of arms. There's going to be a lot on the market this coming winter. And uh, in 2017, there ain't much, especially on the offensive side. You know, Strasburg potentially will be a, a free agent next winter. Not this coming one, but the one after that. He'll be out there, but, like, the best hitter out there is, like, Carlos Santana. And after that, it's probably Brandon Moss. That is an ugly, ugly market. But this year, there's... There's going to be a lot that is likely to hit the market, and you can't take on a contract like Marcakis or even Carlos Gonzalez, somewhat resurgent as he might be. You know, if they really want to go out there and sol fill some holes, you know, if they if they want to solve their long-term catching situation, you know, Matt Weeters is going to be out there. I, I don't know how sound an investment that is, given his Tommy John surgery, but you know. That's a guy who's going to be out there. Um, you know, first base, not much, but they don't need that. <laughs> Second base, Howie Kendrick's available. I'm just saying. Uh, there's going to be some... I'm scrolling through right now just so I don't know it off the top of my head. But, you know, Ian Desmond will be out there. and He's having a bad year, but he's a guy worth chasing. 
Uh, Alex Gordon could potentially be out there. Uh, he's making noise about accepting his ridiculously cheap player option, uh, but at some point his agent will talk sense into him. Justin Upton would be out there. My goodness, how, how good would Alex Gordon be in the Angels lineup? I would love that. Justin Upton will be out there. Um, Dexter Fowler will be out there. Not a superstar, but somebody they could throw in left field and have him hit leadoff. That would solve some problems. Uh, who else? Oh, gosh. Corey, Torrey Hunter's going to be out there. I'm sure nobody will mention that a million times in the Angels community. But really, really where you, you make your hay here is on the pitching side. Um, you, you've got your Johnny Cueto. You've got your Doug Fister. You've got Zach Granke. You've got... Hisashi Iwakuma, you got Kazmir, not that the Angels would ever go near Kazmir, or Kazmir would ever go near the Angels. Uh, you know, Ian Kennedy, Matt Latos, Mike Lee, <laughs> John Lackey. <laughs> this is a big year for uh, f former Angels who departed poorly, because Mike Napoli is free agent too. Uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of hate on the market for the Angels. Uh, yeah. That, that's interesting. Uh, Jeff Samarja will be out there. Jordan Zimmerman will be out there. There's a lot of pitching out there, and the Angels need to conserve. Even if they don't go after them, there's so much pitching out there. One of those guys is going to come for cheap. Not super cheap, but cheaper than they should. And the Angels need to maintain that salary flexibility to go out and get them. Those guys, there's a lot of quality arms out there. And, uh, you know, as much as they like Heaney and they've got Richards and... Newcomb's coming. Uh, hey, if you can go out and get one of those guys, if you can get a 30-year-old Jordan Zimmerman or you know some of these guys who aren't that long in the tooth, you know I can't believe Matt Latos is only 28. I mean, I'm worried about his arm, but dude's 28. You know you don't see a lot of quality pitchers hitting the free agent market at that age. So when they go after somebody like a Marcakis, unless they're getting Atlanta to eat the money, which is a possibility, they're, they're shooting themselves in the foot all over again. They're tying their money up all over again for the wrong players. Yeah, that, that's poor planning ahead. And that's kind of the problem when your GM leaves halfway through. Uh, you know, if they really think Carlos Gonzalez is the big bat that they need... Um, then that's an okay commitment to make if they actually have faith that he'll be good. I don't, but if they do, then fine, that's worth it. You know, it's uh, rolling the dice that you'll be able to be the one to land Justin Upton or something like that, or Alex Gordon. Uh, you know, that's a challenge. Neither of those guys are just going to fall into your lap. So I understand why the trade route is preferred. But it's got to be for the right guy. But at the same time... <laughs> They're dumb if they don't use that money that they saved this year. They made a lot of trouble for both them and other people um, to create that ca that luxury tax breathing room. And if they don't do it, they did it for nothing. So it'll be interesting to see what they do or don't do, as it were. And it certainly sounds like they're leaning towards don't do. All this stuff about, oh, yeah, the market's overpriced is exactly the sort of stuff we, we used to hear in Stoneman's first regime, where you can just see that they're, they're just, they're talking, they're already starting with the excuses before nothing has happened. 
my only glimmer of hope is that uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, the rumors that came out after Depoto was fired is that part of the reason he was aggravated was Moreno was leaning on him to make a deal, and Depoto wasn't going to make a deal for the sake of making a deal. He thought it was too expensive, which is actually kind of scary because, you know, Depoto has overpaid at the deadline before. See Zach Grenke. See uh, Houston Street. He overpaid for both of those guys. So unless he was just gun shy from having done it before, yeah, I. Uh, if if he is worried about overpaying, I don't know. So it's just annoying because yeah, you know, I've talked about this for a while, but I, I think I've talked about it more than anybody has talked about it in the real world. There's just nothing going on with the Angels right now. But there's also not much time left. It's the 18th. Something's got to happen soon. I keep expecting to look at Twitter every day and, you know, <laughs> seeing Hugwatch hashtags popping up and somebody getting dealt, preferably to the Angels. But it's just not happening. Um, so I, I guess we've got nothing to do but hang around and wait. And uh, check the Angels trade deadline rumor tracker at monkeywithahalo.com. And keep checking in for our Angels trade wish list because those hypothetical dream trades might be the only ones you see this year. Wah, wah. All right, folks, that does it for me. I'll uh, hopefully get to podcast at your faces and your ears soon. Um, hopefully to talk about an actual trade. Uh, at this point, I'd even settle for a crappy trade so that I could rant about it. I prefer a good trade that I could uh, make happy squealy noises about for 20 minutes, but uh, at this point I just want to see something happen. I, I needs me a trade, so, you know, let's get on that. And, uh, you know, let's also subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Mike and MJ, they'll be uh, back in action before long. You know, a lot of personal stuff and vacations and all that stuff has jammed things up, but um, subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh, rate us uh, in either of those respective places. Review us in either of those respective places. Uh, tell tell your buddies, your friends. Post that on Facebook. Help us get some uh, additional listenership. That would be super swell. Uh, until then, I have been the monkey, and uh, the moment is now. <laughs>